Hi there, lovely vengeance. This is your girl, Nadia, a.k.a. the prophet in process, because every day is a new and interesting journey with the gifts that God has provided me. I want to thank you for joining me with this episode. I'm going to do things a little bit differently today. I actually have been trying to play catch up feverishly with my YouTube channel and all of these other things going on, but I just want to... um I guess I was on sabbatical for a little bit, and in doing so, I missed a comment that uh, I just had the opportunity today to review, and I'm going to read that comment, and of course, I wrote a book responding to her, but that's just how the Lord and I roll, so, um, you know, since it's a public forum, I'm going to go ahead and specify everything. However, this particular person did mention someone's name. Usually uh, going forward, I would probably delete those comments because I don't want people's names out there. Because, But given the situation, uh, it's a learning experience as well as a situation where, um, I mean, it's out there now, so. You know, it's on her, not necessarily me, but given the situation, God did give me permission to respond to um, this party who was obviously distraught over um, basically some narcissism that she'd faced. Of course, in the video, I had originally uh, entitled it Surrounded by Wolves at Work. You know, I was kind of really... Yeah, we're going to have to probably change that title because that's kind of boring. But anyway, um, it was the first in a series of narcissism at work or narcissists at work or narcissism at work. You know, that's just a hard word to pronounce. But anyway, let me let me get get, get to this because I can ramble, obviously. Okay, basically, her response was Micah 7 reveals it's Jezebel who is my enemy then the enemy will see my uprising. I, Israel, and of course, she noted in large caps, she, you know, will see, I will see her um, downfall. It's exactly who I've said it's been, although she's been hiding it. Jeremiah 51 and 49, Babylon must fall because of all of my Israel's slain. And then she puts, it's my sister, and she puts the person's name, but I let it go, and I've been nice trusting God, but what's going on behind the scenes, everything she's trying to make look like it's someone else is actually her behind it all. She hides, it looks like she was trying to say, yeah, I don't think she was trying to say this, but basically she's, she's bit upset just to make long story short she's a bit upset that her sister is doing some things and she also mentioned uh, uh some information about um that a girl had told her that she steals through people using mind control tactics and and then she puts i forgive her but still feel people don't know it's her doing it because she's good at hiding um you know but Trusting God, hoping it will be all right. At the same time, God's word never lies. And that's absolutely true. What we do have to consider, however, is that God's word, as we see it in the Bible, was actually written by men who were inspired by God. 
you know, the Holy Spirit, if you will, even before it was mentioned in the Old Testament, um, is what led these men. And, you know, I want to posit even women at some point, even though it's not specified. Like I said in my introduction, we're going to talk about some biblical stuff and some not so biblical stuff because we have to read between the lines and follow the Holy Spirit into all truth. So for those of you who um, think I'm a heretic, big word, look it up, uh, to think I'm a heretic, I want you to eat the meat and spit out the bones, or, or rather, I should say, test the spirit by the spirit, um, because that is absolutely what I'm not. However, I am in a lot of ways a rebel, um, so to speak, because um, God's given me an interesting mind. And um, if he says go with it, I'm going to flow with it. So um, here we go. Basically, this is my response. And it's long. It's long. It's long. There's no way around it. Okay, basically, um, I responded, thank you for commenting, and I apologize for the delayed response. Sabbaticals are necessary. Anyway, I understand that you identified the spirit of Jezebel behind this type of treatment, which, indeed, this spirit is part of the problem with regard to narcissism in the workplace or any area, any other area. However, while identification of said spirit is good, it is still not our job to quote, unquote, always point the finger on the culprit or to the culprit. Rather, I probably should have specified, but on the culprit who is bound by such. I say that lightly because while I have made mention and will make mention in future videos of issues I've faced candidly, and people may or may not be able to guess the person in question, it should never be our intent to call them out because that spirit already has a name. Your sister may only be bound by it among others. Even still, I want to encourage you to not use real names as it can hurt you in the long run, a.k.a. defamation of character. If said sister is as bad as she says, that could be a bad situation for her in the long run. I'm just saying. Okay, now moving forward with the comment uh, for you all here. If I can find my place, my goodness. We're going to get it together. Okay. I might have to go back and read a little bit uh, because I've literally lost my place in all of this long conversation that I uh, responded to her. Oh, yes. It can hurt you in the long run. For now, I am not deleting the comment because obviously God's led me to respond to you despite that. Now, given my own situation, God's been leading me with strategic steps to defeat this enemy, not the person, the spirits behind their actions and ill intent. Keep in mind that though some bosses and co-workers will fall, it is so they realize they are not God. I've been through a lot that I will share in the coming days and weeks, and I've managed to remain sane in the process. I plowed, I plowed, wow, I applaud you. It looks like it should be a plow, so in my defense, anyway, let's go on. Um, I applaud you for doing the same despite the unfortunate issues you face. It is indeed a process and has been hard for me, so Trez, I feel you. Then I go on to another long synopsis. The thing that we must understand is that, yes, a fall is necessary for those who are doing evil. However, let me ask you this, and I want to ask you this as well, audience. If she, or in this case, if he or she, if you're 
having a situation with a narcissist, if she is never caught, never repents, and you never see the justice done that you seek, will that make God any less able to deliver you from the pain that you've suffered at the hands of your sister in her case? Um, I want you to seriously consider this as it is a question I've been charged to wrestle with in my own situation. When we're faced with hard situations as such, it is still for a purpose. I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians 7 and 10 through 15. Also, I want you to consider if and when the fall occurs, will you be happy or grieve for your sister? Now, I didn't specify this in um, just to, to break in here, people or family. I did not specify the scripture that the Lord led me to even before noticing her comment on here. Um, however, the Lord did lead me to Proverbs um, 24 and 17. And it says, do not gloat when your enemy falls. When he stumbles, do not let your heart rejoice. Or the Lord will see and disapprove and turn his wrath away from him. Let me get with y'all on this. This is so true. Okay. When I mentioned about 2 Corinthians 7 and 10 and 15, uh, 10 through 15, I didn't specify the whole long scripture, but I'm so intimately involved in this scripture for the following reason. Okay. I have been married twice. My second, um, ex-husband would be considered a narcissist. I didn't realize it at the time. So since I didn't realize it and I consider myself pretty smart though for a long time I was bound by the spirit of foolishness but anyway um, given that situation he was considered a covert narcissist and this is basically what I think originally what I kind of stumbled over in her comment I believe that's what she was trying to specify with regard to her sister was that 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 there was some covert narcissism which means that everybody thinks that this person is just rosy and then all hell breaks loose behind closed doors or you find yourself thinking that you're crazy because you notice things that other people just seem to overlook well that's because covert narcissists are actors and very good ones Okay, so given that situation, the reason why I'm so intimately involved with this particular scripture and this situation or uh, and the scripture that I'm meaning at this point is the second Corinthians seven and ten uh, fifteen. Just really quick, though, um, I've always had prophetic dreams. I just didn't realize how to deal with them for a long time. And, and this reminds me of a dream where I'd had an argument with my ex-husband at the time. We were still married. He'd come in from wherever he you know, he came in late and he was drunk and he was telling me about how he hit a deer. And, of course, I'm pissed off at him. And at first I was just like, you know what? I don't need this crap. I get a divorce. And of course, I said some other colorful choice words that may not be so Christian at the time. But of course, he left and I said, I'm just going to get a divorce. I ain't got to deal with this. Okay. Um, so I get ready to go to sleep. That was Friday night. And that Friday, I had a dream. The only thing that I dreamed was one scripture, Corinthians 7 and 10. Way to go, God. Okay. Um, it was, um, I said at one point it was a black background, but no, it was, I believe, yeah, it was a black background with white, 
uh, Corinthians, Corinthians 7 and 10. Okay, so me, knowing that God was trying to tell me something, I decided I'm going to sleep in on Saturday. I'm not waking up early. I'm not dealing with it. I already made my decision. I'm a divorce is fool. Okay, so I tried to sleep in a little longer. Then, of course, I couldn't sleep in. And I finally decided, let me go ahead and open this Bible. Because, mind you, it said only Corinthians 7 and 10 is what, you know, was in the dream. Nothing else, just a just a blank background with Corinthians 7 and 10. And I am looking up this information right now for you because I want to specify it specifically. Um, because kind of pissed me off. It didn't kind of piss me off. It really pissed me off um, to no end. Um, but that is what it is. I mean, I have to admit that I was upset because the first thing, if you were following me at this point, First Corinthians 7 and 10, I'm just going to the new uh, international version. It says, to the married, I give this command, not I, but the Lord. Now, when Paul says not I, but the Lord, it's like, dang, man, you know, I could have given, you know. But anyway, a wife must not separate from her husband. Talk about being pissed off. Talk about being rebellious. Talk about remembering that there are two books by that same name. Okay, there's another one. Let's check out 2 Corinthians 7 and 10. Now, this time I kept reading, of course, because I was arrested. I couldn't do anything but be convicted. And God is so smooth like that. That's what I'm saying. I never had seen this scripture before or never really paid attention to it. But the fact that I said before I hit the pillow, I am getting a divorce. I'm not dealing with this crap. I don't have to. It's too easy to get away. So for him to say a wife should not leave his, her, her husband, obviously I was convicted, but I still was pissed off and I wasn't going. So I went to the second book, and this is what what I got. Godly sorrow, Second Corinthians 7 and 10, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret but worldly sorrow brings death right i didn't want to hear that so i did continue to read okay and i would encourage you to do so just like i encourage her to do so basically um Got to a different version here, so give me just a moment here. Okay, it says, um, "Godly sorrow brings about repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death." See what this godly sorrow has produced in you. What earnestness, what eagerness to clear yourself, what indignation, what alarm, what longing, what concern, what readiness to see justice done. At every point, you have proved yourself to be innocent in this matter. So even though I wrote to you, it was neither on um account of the one who did the wrong nor on nor on account account of the injured party but rather that before God you could see yourselves how devoted to us you are by all this we are encouraged now for those of you who are unaware at this time Paul was actually writing to the church at Corinth and he was talking about you know the things that they had suffered but what I do want to convey to you is that 
God uses his word in bits and pieces, especially with the prophetic words that I will be delivering and the things that he shared with me. It's not necessarily going to be in the biblical context that we see it. Keep in mind that when God provided these things to, you know, the men and women of God that actually wrote it or or spoke it and then it was 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 written um by someone else these things you have to again eat the meat and spit out the bones because this was a a rhema word this was a word that was not just logos even though it was and when I say logos rhema please look it up because what I, what I mean is logos is the written okay and then rhema is is not necessarily written but it's kind of like a right now word the exact definition i can look it up uh, for you but i just encourage you to also do your research and question everything um, again eat the meat and spit out the bones but what i'm saying is this was something that because i'd had a relationship um, with god he corrected me immediately Okay, now I'm not saying that this is exactly what God is telling you to do because you do have to have a relationship and it and seek him to see if this is a route that he wants you to go, whether it's a situation with a divorce. Now, I knew that we were unequally yoked. Okay, we weren't just unequally yoked. My husband and I at the time, we weren't just unequally yoked with regard to um, him being a Christian and and me being a Christian because by all accounts he uh quote unquote was considered a Christian. However, what he was not was a believer. And the Bible says that we do not be yoked with unbelievers. What you have to understand when we think about the term belief, that means also uh not to be intellectually unequally yoked. Um and that's what what a lot of people miss and and it's if this party cannot believe in you believe in your your strengths and understand you then you're unequally yoked that's why it's really important to get to know someone before you consider yourself in a coupled situation now I have done it wrong all my life. I've always been in a relationship. I don't ever recall actually dating anyone. Okay, and 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 for years, people have been coming to me for advice on marriage, on relationships. I'm like, I can tell you what not to do. That that's what I can do. I can tell you what not to do, and if you do what I didn't do, then you be quite all right. So that's that's basically how we're we're working this thing out going forward. And this is actually probably the first episode that I'm posting. Ironically, I was going to get all this stuff together a different way. But uh, I'm not exactly technologically savvy, and I got stuff out here everywhere that I've got to get together. So I just pray that you all are patient with me, um, because that is a virtue that, you know, I'm confronted with every day. I don't know if I have it yet. I'm not quite there yet. But, you know, I like I said, I am a work in process. Okay, let me just uh, jump back here because I know that I went off on a tangent, but it was necessary that I do so because someone may be struggling with this type of situation. And it may be in a marriage or a relationship, um, you know, and it's not saying that God is not going to give you your out because, as I've stated, I am not married to this individual anymore. Um, however, 
it did not take place in this process. Um, further down the line, I believe uh, in First Corinthians chapter seven, it mentions about if the unbeliever leaves, let him go. So um, months later, that's pretty much where God released me. And even even in that in that release, I don't believe he did it because I asked him to. I believe he granted me that release on behalf of my children. And I'll go into that um, further because, unfortunately, people think that if you just stay together, that you're staying together for the kids, that the kids are going to be better allowing them to remain in a toxic environment. This is not so. This should not be. Anyway. I'll talk about that a little bit later, but going forward on this uh, young lady's comment, um, or rather my response to her comment is, I really don't know where I left off on here. I'm hoping that this was the second paragraph, so I'm going to go from here, okay? So if I repeat some stuff, maybe you needed a double dose of it. Anyway, the thing that we must understand is that, yes, I think I did read this again. Yeah, I did. I'm going to read it again anyway. The thing that we must understand is that, yes, a fall is necessary for those who are doing evil. However, let me ask you this. If she is never caught, never repents, or never, or you never see justice done that you seek, will that make God any less able to deliver you from the pain you have suffered at the hands of your sister? I want you to seriously consider this. As it is a question I have been charged to wrestle with in my own situation, when we are faced with hard situations as such, um, it is still for a purpose. I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians 7, 10 through 15. Now you all know why. Okay. Also, I want you to consider if and when... Um, the fall occurs. Will you be happy or grieve for your sister? The issue at hand is a heart matter. Now I've played catch up. God wants no one to perish. Yet our deliverance from the ill effects of said treatment is only accessible when we are honest first with ourselves that we are absolutely pissed off that they seem to be getting away with it. And then we must be honest with God and tell him that, yes, God, I want to forgive him or her for the pain that they've caused but I can't do it right now not in my own strength help me we have to be humble enough to ask those questions and honestly I didn't put it in here with this comment of course I want to interject be honest if you don't want to forgive them you have to be honest about all of that with yourself first that's where people get it mixed up is they they come to God he already knows but do you know what you got going on do you understand the issues that are at hand and if you don't understand the issues how are you going to convey those issues to God appropriately see there has to be some open communication with yourself people say oh you know that's sign of mental illness if you talk to yourself whatever that's the problem people not having those internal dialogues the right ones I'll say that because there's a lot of negative internal dialogues going on, but the right one, the asking, the asking yourself those hard questions and then answering with the truth and not what the acceptable, you know, response should be. Yes, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Christ and I should love everybody. I don't like most people, okay, because... I can see it a mile away, the bondage. And I'm okay with that. I love you. You know, you're like like Joyce Myers would say, I love you with the love of the Lord. Do you really? Do you really? 
you know, I'm not there yet, you know, so it's okay to not be okay in those moments. And just trust me, the more that I explain and tell, or rather not explain, but to inform you of the struggles that I've experienced, I'm freer every day. So I'd encourage you to do the same. Just get with yourself. Spend some time with yourself. Get that stuff out. Dig and swallow that stuff. Have a defecation session in that bathroom and get rid of it. Anyway, um, let's see. I just want to go on a little bit further here. Um, of course, I said, have you taken the time um, to do that for yourself? And then I also said, please note that when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, it was not just this one time that he answered their request. He did it in action all the time, even before it was written that a request uh, that the question Wow, that the question was made. The model prayer that is often erroneously referred to as the Lord's Prayer is a template. When he mentioned the following, Our Father, which art in heaven, how be thy name? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we Forgive them that trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I had to really consider for a long time whether I really wanted God to forgive me the way I forgive others. And yes, people, I've decided I didn't want him to do that for me. I decided that I wanted him to have mercy for me when I do want to take matters into my own hands and have at times. I wanted him to give me some breathing room when I struggle to trust him that when he says stand still. That I won't end up looking like boo boo the fool. Sometimes I can, others I can't. Still, he loves me enough to be okay with me not being okay with the mistreatment I faced or witnessed. I also put, I want to encourage you to pray for yourself to have strength to overlook the offense and to not pray for your sister's deliverance until you've received your own. This is not a dig at you. It is indeed a process that is not exactly logical on the surface. Faith rarely is, people. If you need further reassurance in my advice, though I still advocate that everyone tuning in, eat the meat and spit out the bones, definitely test the spirit by the spirit and also check out John 17. In it, Jesus prayed for himself before he prayed for another. He went away and spent time alone with God and undoubtedly expressed his frustration many times before that moment that it was recorded. God wants us to seek him earnestly, but honestly, no lofty formalities are necessary. That type of honest communication is what builds a flourishing and reciprocal relationship with our father. Remember Jerusalem shines. That's the screen name, by the way. God desires that one struggling with such a spirit would voluntarily repent 
and the latter destruction as mentioned in Micah 7 not be the case. I would encourage you not to put individuals' names out there in the future because when we specify people by names as such, we are now attempting to take vengeance in our own hands. Yes, God's word never lies. However, when studying the word and hearing from the Holy Spirit, we must ensure that we are attentive to what is written and what is not written. Of course, I made mention of that before. Um, people, what I mean is the Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. Sometimes the truth, as I have shared above, is hard to swallow. Still, forgiveness, just as deliverance, is a process that often requires daily, if not hourly, release dependent upon the injury as you also consider oh another has caused us skipped a lot my bad it is obvious that what you have suffered has truly hurt you as this treatment has done many my prayer is that you consider my words as you also consider God's your sisters and your own please be blessed and stay tuned for further teaching on these matters now back to the second corinthians um 7 and 10 that's what i responded to her but um another thing i don't want to um mislead you now that's the information that god provided me but i was undone that mo- that saturday morning because i realized that um, I had a decision to make, and in those moments after that, it was it was loving conviction. It wasn't I wasn't condemned for my truth that I did want to get a divorce, that I did not feel like I needed to deal with this, um, that I I felt like I deserved better than what I was getting. It was a decision for me to humble myself and to turn into Betty Crocker, Donna Reed, and every other quote-unquote good housewife you could think of of course I was working but I'm just trying to throw a little humor in there because this is getting real serious and I just you know I can't roll like that all the time but anyway what I want you to understand is I did humble myself I, I tried to do everything that I knew to do not to please my husband but to please God I learned to shut up and take it to God. And when I say that months later he did leave, that even in my flesh at the moment that he announced his departure, I'd forgotten that I prayed for it. Yeah, I prayed for God to heal my marriage like a broken record for months, if not a full year. I mean, we were together for eight years before we got married, and within eight minutes I knew that this wasn't right. But no. Maybe eight days. Yeah, I knew it went right soon enough, but I knew it wasn't God's will. It wasn't his perfect will. It was his permissive will, but his perfect will. Marriages don't look like that, not behind the scenes or in public. Godly marriages are evident because love abounds, you know, and we'll get into that a little bit later, but what I want to encourage you um, with this comment, and I will at some point, as soon as I figure out how to do it, uh, get the audio from that video um, on here. But I'll also just, uh, again, as soon as I figure out how to do it, put the information for that YouTube video 
on here so that you all can reference that and see exactly what I was talking about at that time. I was um, in this particular video. It was basically entitled, Now You See Them, Now You Don't. Your enemy's time is up um, because, you know, judgment is coming um, or judgment is being revealed. It seems like uh, for the longest time that people have gotten away with what they've done. But if you are obedient, um, it'll be well worth it and not for you to gloat. That's what I I do have a dream that God wants me to share with you all uh, regarding the enemy's fall specifically um, that I will share in the coming days. But I do want to make sure that we unpack it thoroughly and that I seek the father on everything that he wants me um to pull out of that for your sake and mine for a clearer understanding. I suppose I'm going to end it there because um, I've made this um, quite a long, long post. Didn't expect it to be this long. Um, Originally, I struggled to see if there was enough information that I could put in there. So I will upload this and we'll go from there. And it happens to be Valentine's Day. So for those of you that celebrate such, happy Valentine's Day. Uh, remember that God loves you um, if no one else acts like they do. Um, and I love you. Don't know you. So I might not like you, but I love you. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day. Be blessed. I appreciate you tuning in. Please pass this information along if you deem that it's been a blessing to you. All right. Thank you. Stay tuned for the next episode. Bye-bye.